Hey everyone, this is Jay Johnson from One with the Undercard. Do you want to support your favorite heels and a great small business at the same time? Look no further than holdfastcoffeeco.com, where you can use the promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your entire basket. They're great people, it's great coffee, and their coffee is responsibly sourced. Turn to Hold Fast Coffee Company for all of your coffee needs. And now for this week's episode. You are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. The love, the genuine feeling, the damn revolution that is all elite wrestling. This is one with the undercard, all elite edition. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition. Of one with the undercard, all elite edition, aka Griff Garrison's favorite podcast. I am your faithful host, Lance, and I am joined once again by my broadcast colleague, Silky Jay Johnson. What's going on? Oh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Heel Turn Collective via One with the Undercard proudly brings to you the best and, of course, the worst of all elite wrestling. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jay. Um, this week, it was heavily promoted. You know, we have the dog collar match. We have the the Jericho's 30th year celebration. So there's a lot going on in the world of all elite wrestling this week. Uh, before we get into the review, make sure you're checking out the Hold Fast Coffee Company. And make sure you go to holdfastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off of your basket today. Jay, now that I got all that shilling out of the way, what Hold did you on think? A second. Did you say 20%? 20% off, yes. Insane. That's what I'm saying. And it's uh it's great coffee and they grind it in-house. Uh you heard me right, that is in-house. So make sure you go do that. Our boy Vinny and obviously the barista of the week every single week, Hayden. Wow. Um, I mean you're gonna nominate I mean, him barista of the week. That's my job. I, I I do know that, but but for right now, I mean, he's just been a previous winner. I'm not saying he's going to be the Fair. winner this week, Fair. but he's been previous winners. So big shout out to our boy Hayden French, uh, you know, really putting together those macchiatos and such uh, that everybody seems to be very uh, favorable for. You know, but, enough about this. Uh, enough about this bill paying. Let's talk about all elite wrestling, huh? Absolutely. So it's time to talk about AEW Dynamite took place. On October 7th, uh, it was Wednesday night, for those who keep in track at home. And we're going to start the show like we always do with the ratings. Uh, this week, AEW comes in with a 753,000 uh, people mark, I guess you would say. A .31 in the 18-49 to 49 demo. Finished 19th for the night on cable. Ooh. I will say, though, up against the vice presidential debate, you know, it, so it all, all right, comes down cool. to, yeah, so it all comes down to these are still solid ratings, even though you're up against something that's a little bit uh, obviously going to get the most attention, you know, especially after the way the presidential debate went. The vice presidential debate seemed to hold a lot more water than previous years. Uh, NXT draws still 600. The Rock. Yes. Uh, <laughs> NXT comes in with 639,000, a .16 in the 18 to 49 demo, and finished 56th. For the nine on cable, so another comfortable win for AEW. Um, obviously, we mentioned the uh, vice presidential debate. You know, I think you should be happy with that number. Although, Jay, do you think from from their perspective, are they a little disappointed with that number? Maybe because of how heavily they promoted the show. Yeah, I I wonder um, with this being Chris Jericho's thirtieth anniversary show, and they had the dog collar match, which I think they should have saved for next week. In all honesty, I think they should stack the card for the anniversary show next week. Yeah, but I uh, mean, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, in that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they held the vice presidential debate on Dynamite. I wouldn't held, if, I wouldn't mind if they held the presidential debate on Dynamite. Uh, if I have to sit through a street fight featuring the best friends and Santana and Ortiz, that's the that's the that's a step above. This is a step up from the presidential debate. 
Yeah, I would say so. I mean, if you're if you're alluding to the fact that Dynamite was better than the presidential debate, obviously I'm going to be right there with you. Uh, because I'm alluding to the fact that the presidential debate was so bad, and the I haven't even watched highlights from it from the vice presidential debate, but I guarantee you it was so bad. I would rather watch that street fight between best friends and Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful. Well, thanks for clearing that all up. Yeah, I just wanted um, to to be clear. It sucks. Wait a minute. What sucks? All of it. Oh, okay. All of it. Just politics in general. Yeah. And that stupid street fight. Well, did you see, actually, um, before we kind of get into the review, did you see the uh, governor of Florida said that the Miami Dolphins could put 65,000 people in their stadium if they want to, um, which I assume means that they're also giving AEW and WWE permission to be like, hey, guys, if you want to fill a stadium in Florida, be my guest. You know, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. In Florida, as anything goes. Uh, it, it seems like that. So, um, look, I, I think it's going to be interesting coming up here. Uh, obviously, this is probably going to be the last debate, so AEW and, and NXT aren't going to face that stiff competition much longer. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's still coming out with about 7.5 to about 7.75. You know, I, I think that's you got to chalk that up as a win, especially going up against something like the vice presidential debate, right? Yeah, I think so. And AEW has a fairly consistent audience. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. about that in the past. But hey, let's get into the wrestling, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, to start off this week's episode, I mean, the FTW title's on the line. It's Will Hobbs against the champion, or as we like to call him around here, Silky's favorite wrestler, oh, the machine, sure. Brian Cage. Um, look, the, the thing I like about both of these guys, they're big, but they're agile. They're very... Brian Cage reminds me a lot of Scott Steiner, and not just because he uses the Steiner screwdriver finisher move and, and things like that. I think that uh, he, he's very athletic for a big man, which I think is is rare, especially for somebody that's built like Brian Cage. But, uh, Jay, what did you think of this match as, you know, kind of uh, from start to finish? Uh, where would you rank it at? Brian Cage's facial hair is to Scott Steiner's math. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but no, overall, no, no. honestly, I have a lot of good things to say about this match. I have some yeah. things I didn't like about it, but ultimately, I think it was a good match. Uh, yeah, I I feel bad for poor Will Hobbs. He tripped. Uh, he tripped on his way into the ring as he so he's doing his little get the crowd pumped up deal. He tries to come back in through the ropes and gets tripped. Poor guy. Um, also, Ricky Starks was on commentary, as was Taz in this match, and. Uh, I'm not loving Taz on commentary when Ricky Starks or Brian Cage are out there. It's I mean, a, obviously, he's just a shill for his guys. You know? Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's just kind of like eye-rolling. It doesn't do anything to get them over, in my opinion. Having Ricky Starks on commentary didn't do anything to get Ricky Starks over. Um, but uh, overall, I think it was a fine match. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it was it was some back-and-forth back action. Will Hobbs... Um, this is his first singles match in AEW, so this is the first kind of sample of what he could really do. And I think he, he held himself well. You know, Brian good. Cage. Yeah, he looks good. I mean, look, both of these guys, Brian Cage, obviously, um, the machine is not just a nickname. That He looks like a machine. Like, he yeah. is just built. And, again, like I said at the top, these guys are super agile, which I'm a big fan of whenever bigger guys can get in there and then they can do some of the high-flying stuff. You know, I think it's cool because it makes you an all-around just a better wrestler, you know? And I, here, I, I mean, saw there's... on Reddit this week, and I wish I could credit the user, but I don't remember where. Uh, exactly, I saw it, and I don't have the patience to dig through. But uh, said that Brian Cage looks like a creator wrestler from a WWE game in like the mid two thousands, where he's just got the huge size but the freak athleticism. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect. I think that's perfect. Yeah, a, a way to sum him up. I mean, I think you would even a lot of these wrestlers, like the prototype wrestler that that Vince McMahon just drools over. Would be somebody like Brian Cage, you know, yeah. somebody who I don't he's got to be. Would let him, I don't think Vince would let him do some of the athletic stuff that he does. Like he did a standing moonsault press, yawn. Um, but Vince wouldn't let a big guy do that, though. I don't think. 
Yeah, I mean, I could see that too. You know, they they kind of, all right, we need you to be this kind of guy. You know, yeah. we need you to be this kind of dominant guy. So, and here's um, what frustrates me about the standing moonsault press is everybody, everybody that's big in AEW, all the big guys do it. Uh, Luchasaurus does it every time. I'm pretty sure Wardlow does it. Like, it's just lost its flavor at this point. Uh, it's yeah. it's not over. There's an oversaturation of of that move being done. I could say the same thing about the Canadian Destroyer in all elite it's wrestling. True. You know, it's uh, a move that, for crying out loud, Dustin Rhodes does the Canadian Destroyer. So I just think that yeah. that is. Uh, but but here, I mean, there's some nice back and forth action. Uh, Cage hits an F5, which After I thought would handle slam. Yeah, I mean, which I thought was very interesting. But in the end, um, Will Hobbs comes off the top with a frog splash and misses, and Cage picks him up and hits the drill claw after 10 minutes, which is the scariest move in wrestling. It Um, did not look safe for Will Hobbs. Like, he struggled. And Will Hobbs is a big boy. Um, I also don't love that Will Hobbs hits his finisher in his debut and doesn't go over. Like that just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me because now you've just now you've just buried his finishing move. Yeah, I coming right out of the gate with it. I mean, now that you say that, that's spot on. You know, and this uh, is this has sort of been the model in AEW. You come in, you do at least one job before you start picking up the wins. So yeah, so unless you're know. Bill Goldberg, where Hugh Morris is just like, yeah, you know, just. <laughs> I'll put you over, you know, but uh, that doesn't happen very often here in the world of wrestling. But Will Hobbs, though, nice showing. Um, obviously, is the FTW title going to be an actual title in AEW? That's I don't the question. think so, because Taz, Taz on commentary talked about how it's not recognized by by any promotion. Yeah. Um, so. I would love to see a world where uh, Eddie Kingston takes the FTW title off of him. I think that would be neat. I think that could be a really fun storyline. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, they have two factions and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, After the match, though, Taz gets in the ring to do a promo, and he says uh, Hobbs was impressive, and, and he even gave him credit, which was kind of cool. Um, he gave Hobbs the option of joining Team Taz, um, and if he says no, they're just going to beat him up. That sends Darby Allen out, uh, and they kind of spread out over the ring, but it looks like they're building to a tag team match between uh, Brian Cage, the Rock Light, Ricky Starks, as we like to call him here on One with the Undercard, uh, Will Hobbs, and Darby Allen, which should be an entertaining tag team match. I would watch that. Um, yeah. One of the things that frustrates me, though, is that Darby Allen is not a big guy. No. Brian Cage could literally have Darby Allen as a snack. Mm hmm. And he gets spooked when Darby Allen comes in the ring and he scampers off with uh, the people's chump, Ricky Starks. Uh, and I, I am a little too hard on Ricky Starks. He can work. Uh, but it does, it's not a good look for the uh, it's, it's not a good look for them to, to just kind of float off. And I get it. They don't want him to come to blows, but there's got to be a better way to do that. Am I right? Am I, am yeah. I, have I been smoking? No, no, I think you're. I think you're dead on there. I think that uh, the the way that it's just been awkward. The way that because we thought the Ricky Starks Darby Allen blow off was last week. Obviously, we thought that that was just going to be all right. That that's the end of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But obviously, it's not. You know, obviously they're going to lead the charge into full gear. Uh, probably have those two go ahead. You know, head to head once again. So it's going to yeah. be an interesting way to kind of see how they build it up uh, from here again. A uh, big, real high on Will Hobbs. I think he had a good showing here. It's yeah. a good opening match, if you ask me. And I can't complain about some storyline being built here, especially after the lack of storyline coming out of our last pay per view. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if they're like, if you're going to give me a good story, please, like, please just tell me a good story. Absolutely, and don't drag it out for for three months, which they've done with the Adam Page longer and, than yeah. three months. It's felt like exactly. It, yeah, felt like a year, you know, but. Uh, yeah. Next, we get a little video. It is Jericho's 30th um, celebration, so we're going to get a lot of video packages on the show. Uh, it's Slash, um, Dennis Miller, and then Tanahashi from uh, New Japan. Him and him and Jericho had a match, I do believe, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. If I'm not, if I'm if I'm mistaken, at Collective Feel, correct me, please. But uh, I think it was Tanahashi and Jericho at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Ted Irvine makes a makes an appearance. Who's 
Chris Jericho's father played for the New York Rangers. Um, and Bully Ray, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, for those who don't know. But, I mean, it's a nice little package here. Uh, we we kind of speculated last week what kind of you know celebration they were going to have. It just seems like they're just going to have some people saying some uh, some words about Jericho in the tributes, right? Chris Jericho defeats Hiroshi to Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Boom! And yeah, I don't man. even watch New Japan. Man, I'm so good, I scare myself, silly. Look at you. Look at you. I mean, come on now. I I haven't watched a second of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and look, I am like, man, whew, Shane on, on our other show calls himself Shane Stradamus. I am Lance, I am wrestling Lance Stradamus, you know? That's fucking... I can't help it, man. I, I'm just I'm one for one tonight. I'm very excited about that win right there. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of cool to see these Jericho tributes. What do you think of this first batch, Jay? I know you're yeah. real excited about Slash from Guns N' Roses. Uh, I like that they had uh, I like that they had Bubba Ray Dudley on there. Nice to see yeah. him. He's, he's not bully Ray show. to me, damn it. Yeah, yeah, big fan of the show. Big, he's a good he's a good friend of the show. Yeah, uh, bully um, Ray, you're welcome on uh, you're welcome on the podcast anytime. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come on, me and Silky will definitely welcome you on here. Uh, next, we have Lance Archer and Jake the Snake building up their AEW world title match for next week against John Moxley. Um, obviously, they're just uh, doing a little hype in here. It, that, that's going to be a match. It's been a while in the making. Is Lance Archer going to be the one that takes the belt off Dean Ambrose? We're going to have to wait and see, you know? What do you think? What, what's your early prediction on that one, Jay? I'm afraid he takes it off of him because there's nobody left to take it off of him. Yeah. And AEW has already proven that they can make a uh, put a belt on a guy with literally no charisma. Yeah. I mean, you're not – yeah, because they gave uh, Brian Cage the FTW title, right? Is that what you're alluding to? Oh, I was to? referring to uh, the homeless man, Brody Lee. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Instead of the chosen one here on one with the undercard, he is the homeless is one. The, the homeless one, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that I'm I'm a little. I got this feeling in my stomach too that Lance Archer is the one that takes the belt off of him. Um, I read some ridiculous report earlier that Vince McMahon and Roman Reigns are trying to steer John Moxley back to WWE. I don't know how true that is. I don't think and he if, would go back. I think he's too pissed off at WWE. I don't know. You put him in a main event storyline with Roman Reigns, you're going to be making a lot more money, probably. Although I Tony Khan's breaking up about the money. Plus, yeah, that's Tony true. Khan's got like Tony Khan's got money. money to keep him around. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. But uh, if it does happen, just know you heard it here first. Yeah. I'm one with the undercard here. Um, a little shaky on it right now, but. I guess anything is possible. Hey, Lance is one for one tonight. Uh, next yeah. we get TH2, the Hybrid 2 versus FTR. Yeah. Who, who, what did the Hybrid 2 ever do to deserve a tag team title shot? They are the, the biggest job team there is, right? And Helico, when he comes down to the ring, he does this goofy walk. He looks like a freaking goofy skeleton from like a Just Dance video. Every time I see, every time I see TH2, every single time, it reminds me of those early days of Dynamite because they were on there every single episode. For every some time reason, I see TH2, I'm reminded that there are better tag teams out there. Yes, especially in AEW, who who really ravish in the fact that they have a deep tag team division. And for and some yet, reason, this was the this was the job squad that got the that got the nod tonight. Why don't you take us through this match a little bit, Jay? It was uh, it was it was it was good. Like it was. I don't know. Like it, it's look. I don't know. F- I, I liked it, and I I had some things that I liked about it. I had some things that I didn't like about it. I think yeah. I think we can say the obvious. We can get that out of the way now. Th two got in way too much offense on FTR on a job team. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This match was never in question for anyone. No. Um. And so that was that was just incredibly frustrating. Uh, FTR got in some really good offense, though, and they tore Jack Evans' leg apart. Um, and that was that looked good. They looked stiff, which is just classic FTR. Uh, and yeah. Helico has to be the most boring wrestler to watch on all oh. of AEW. Just the run of the mill 
kind of cruiserweight style wrestler. I, you know? Yeah, I feel like Angelico could have a really competitive match with like Brian Pillman Jr. or perhaps um, the librarian Peter Avalon. Christ, yeah. where's he been at after all these weeks? He should be look if TH two is getting a title shot. Where is Peter Avalon's title shot? Goodness, let's gracious. start. Come on, Peter Avalon uh, TNT title shot. Let's book it right now. You know, sign you the it. match at Tony like, Khan. I know you're listening. Sign the damn match. Imagine, imagine if it was Peter Avalon taking on Cody or not Cody, but uh, Brody Lee for the TNT title. Uh, just imagine. Just imagine Griff Garrison, big fan of the show, <laughs> charges in, and then he gets the TNT title. He has, for some reason, he has a Money in the Bank style briefcase. Oh, this is a little Lord. fantasy booking. It's a little fantasy uh, booking on my part, but back on to back on to the task at hand. Uh, uh, Jack Evans completely missed uh, Dax Harwood on some kind of uh, corkscrew top top rope maneuver. He completely missed it. But Dax sold it because he's a freaking professional. Uh, go back and watch the tape. He missed him by like a very noticeable like two feet. Ugh. Yeah, it Man. was ugly. Uh, FCR yeah. ends up picking up the win. They do the uh, superplex and uh, splash spot, which yeah. I really like. Uh, it protects uh, the Goodnight Express and saves it for a more worthy opponent than TH2. So I agreed with that. But this match should have lasted three minutes. FTR should have gotten all of the offense in. And I would be okay with TH2 building building offense once. Dax Harwood did hit a tiger driver. I was very excited. He did. That was that was pretty sick. What did, what did I, you think? Uh, my sentiments are about the same as yours. This match went way too long for what it was. I, I think it ended up going at least ten minutes. Had to have been. And uh, for me, man, like. Look, they should have destroyed these guys. And I get it. You know, a lot of people would say, well, FTR has been destroying every team they've you know been against. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Here, it just seemed like this wasn't the – I don't know. This doesn't seem like the optimal tag team match you should have no. on this show, you know. Um, but uh, obviously they are building to FTR versus the Young Bucks. Like we have been talking about what seems like – I mean, just – I don't even know. But – uh they are building to it because right after this, the Young Bucks are backstage. They super kick a cameraman. They say they don't have $10,000 for the fine. Is this ever – is this getting old to you at all, Jay? Yes. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you're not the biggest Young Bucks fan to begin no, with. No, so. this just needs to end. Like, they're not getting over his heels. They're getting over as like – I mean, maybe they are to a degree because I'm just like I'm annoyed with it. Are you getting some of that X Pac heat? I guess if that's getting heat, like, yeah, but it's not like it's not legitimate heat. Yeah, they they're just showing up for thirty seconds. And again, like if you dig back into the archives, I asked for this thirty seconds a week of Young Bucks, and that's all we have to endure. Like, fine, we'll do it. Small sacrifices here. Small sacrifice to get to watch TH2 lose a tag team match that they shouldn't have been in the first place. Yep. I've won Uh, at what cost. Yeah, exactly. Um, Best friends are... They're in the back, and they're talking about some hot dogs, wieners, and weenies, which is fun. Uh, Fun fact. Yeah, absolutely. So, why don't you tell them about the new merch, Jay? It's just a picture of... uh... Just a just a picture of a couple wieners wearing AEW tag belts, uh, mm-hmm. with the face of uh, the tag team champions on the dog. Yeah, and then it looks like they are building to FTR and best friends for the tag team titles. Uh, seems like that's going to be going on that next I can week. Get behind that, I think they should save for the pay per view. I think that's I think that's your pay per view match. What best friends and no? Yeah. No. Give me that. Do you think the best friends have any shot of winning the tag team titles? They do, not yet, but eventually they do. Well, I mean, even if it was at the pay-per-view, your erroneous claim that this should be pushed out to full gear. Could you even imagine the best friends being the one to take the tag team titles off FTR? I can't. 
I can't imagine that world. What an unbelievable thing to say. Listen, AEW has made worse booking decisions. I won't challenge that. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty spot on, you know. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to determine that that was actually the truth. Yeah. Uh, Full Gear is just a little over a month away, or a little under a month away, actually. Excuse me. Um, so, I mean, we're going to see, I, they're going to start getting in full gear mode here. Probably you know? after next week, once you have the, cause the anniversary show is going to be a big show. Yeah. So they're going to play it up as such, you know, maybe not put so much emphasis on full gear because they are putting a lot on, uh, next week's episode. So, uh, next we have MJF is, uh, he, he's cutting a promo here and he said a lot of people never meet their heroes. And he said the first time he ever got to talk to Chris Jericho was after Double or Nothing. Jericho told MJF, I mean, just kind of strokes him a little bit, you know, uh, says he's going to be the next big thing in wrestling. Um, And and then that's really the end of it. I mean, obviously they're building towards MJF and Jericho here, right? Yeah, I think that. And I want to watch that. I genuinely want to watch that. I want to watch Chris Jericho do some real serious work in the middle of the ring with a guy like MJF who can absolutely freaking go. Yeah. And I've been saying in the past recently, Chris Jericho really needs to get his credibility back up. He's taken some losses he can't afford. Him putting MJF over is a good use of his time. Yeah. It's a much I, better use of his time than putting over Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with that in the slightest. I really can't because you're right. He put over Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy's just, you know, being the J-O-B guy lately. You know, uh, he mm-hmm. loses to Brody Lee, you know. So it, it didn't really matter. It didn't really improve Orange Cassidy's stock any. Here, obviously, he can do some good. Now, one of them's going to have to turn babyface. It's going to be Jericho, right? It's I gotta think be it has Jericho. to be, because I don't think a world where MJF turns face exists. No. But also, it, Jericho's the top heel in the company. However, a face run for Jericho could open new opportunities. And we all know that Chris Jericho is the man who can reinvent himself like no one else. Yeah, I mean, you're not lying on that front. You really aren't, you know. So uh, we get a couple more messages for Jericho. One from our boy Shaq. You know, Shaq Force One's official shoe of the Heel Turn Collective <laughs> Radio Network. Uh, Gene Simmons of Silky's favorite band, Kiss. Uh, Don Callis, a.k.a. Cyrus the Virus, for anyone that watched ECW back in the day. Um, He congratulates Jericho as well as Lars Ulrich of one of my top five favorite bands of all time, Metallica, of course. And then DDP is there to say congratulations to Jericho for 30 years. Uh, Some people just got straight up cut off in the video packages. One of them was Lars, and I couldn't have appreciated it more. Okay. Well, shout out to Shane Riley from uh, the Heel Turn Collective podcast. I know that Lars is his favorite drummer of all time. I mean, look, I I could have this discussion all day, but that's this isn't the time nor the place. So let's get uh, back to the matter at hand. We had a dog collar match after this. Yes, we did. We had we had a nice promo before the title match. Uh, it is Cody. It is Brody Lee for the TNT title in a dog collar match. Uh, Cody starts bleeding in this thing uh, after about uh, yep, about three minutes in. Um, actually, John Silver is the first one to get bloody. John he was the first one to, to get some color. And he wasn't I even appreciated. In- I appreciated some of the comedy stuff that they did with John Silver early on. It kind of helped to break up the tension of a really like a really gruesome match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only thing I thought was a little phony was the move that John Silver gets, you know, busted open on. Didn't look like something that would totally bust you open. You know, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but there's a you lot think of they bleeding. In AEW. What's that? You think they blade in AEW? They oh, show absolutely. a lot more color. Oh yeah, I think they blade. Absolutely, they do. Yeah. Uh, this is a lot of these guys in this company are very like old school oriented, and you could tell. You know, mm-hmm. they they have an emphasis on tag team wrestling they also have an emphasis on bleeding in big matches i know that uh that that seems like inconsequential to some but to to guys like us that grew up watching bleeding in matches with extreme regularity you know it's just something that you you know big matches just have it just adds a little bit of just adds a little bit of flavor here this is an absolute ass whipping oh both God. these guys i mean 
just shot after shot, uh, uppercuts and punches, clotheslines. Um, you know, Brody Lee does hit the discus clothesline, but it's not enough. Um, and then towards the end, you know, in surprising fashion, you know, th- this I thought this match was going to go one way, but it ended up going the other. You know, after after about 20 minutes or so, Cody picks up the win uh, after a crossroads. He, he puts a crossroads, and, and that's a surprising win to me. What says you, Jay, for him winning the TNT title? I, was, I feel like I was blessed to see the belt go back to Cody. At the beginning of the match there, like uh, Justin Roberts announces Brody Lee, and he's got this look in his eyes. And it, the look he's going for is intimidation. The look he came out with, was that there's like absolutely nothing happening between the ears. <laughs> and I, I mean, mean absolutely nothing happening between the ears. Jay, you're going to get our asses kicked by all these guys on this roster because all you do is talk the biggest trash. And Brody Lee, listen, I know you don't own a house. That's fine. I don't either. Uh, but like you can shave a little bit. Uh, you get, listen. I'll pay for your haircut, Brody Lee. Now there it is. Uh, throwing out the gauntlet, my friend. But uh, what did you think of the match as a whole, though? You know, I thought the match was actually really good. Um, yeah. I think this is Brody yeah. Lee's best match in AEW. It really was. And he, like, we've we've talked a lot about how Brody Lee doesn't move the needle for either of us. Uh, I think Cody got a really good match out of him. And Cody does that, I feel like. Cody gets great matches with a lot of people on the roster. Yeah, because Cody's a great wrestler. And that's the thing that I think it's lost. I mean, he comes back. Obviously, from what it looks like now, Cody was a champion. He got that offer to do that godforsaken talent show. They put it on Brody Lee for a couple of weeks. Cody comes back and and wins the title back. So that that seems like it was the plan all along. So Yeah, um, and I I don't love how – I, I don't know. I, why put the title on Brody Lee for such a short amount of time? And I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily going to defend Brody Lee. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think it needed to happen this quickly. Yeah. Um, look, this is a brutal battle. It is. I mean, they, I don't know. Like it was just a bloody battle. Cody wins in the end. And then after the match, uh, Brandy and Dustin run down and make sure he's okay, you know. And then he gets up and he just cuts this like just stereotypical. Before that, before that, I didn't love how the Dark Order came out and helped to carry off their fallen comrade, like he's some sort of underling uh, or equal. Yeah. I I don't love that. Yeah, uh, it's not good for storyline purposes. That's for sure. Yeah, you know. So also, um, Brody Lee just straight up missed a big boot to the face. Like, yes, he did. By good, like it. It was bad. <laughs> um, but you're right, though. It, that was a weird little nuance. You know, they carried Brody Lee to the back, like he was just some henchman or something. You know, when he's supposed mm-hmm. to be the leader. But uh, yeah, but after after that, Cody, he's in the ring. Tony Schiavone's joining him, and uh, he just cuts a standard babyface promo. He says that he when he came back, with it for a guy who lost a decent amount of blood. Yeah, absolutely. Also, in this match, is it me or does Cody look huge now? Uh, they said he gained 14 pounds of muscle. That's what the commentary team said. This guy's turning into Triple H every single week. We're just inching closer and closer. He's getting that COVID way, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. Uh, but he just, cut, <laughs> uh, he just cuts a babyface promo, says everyone wanted him to turn down a dark path, but he decided to just stick with the fans, you know, and then him and... Everybody in his camp just celebrate the victory. I mean, we mentioned it already. It's a surprising move to me. I don't know why you moved the belt to Brody Lee just to put it back on Cody. You know, you could, you could have probably just wrote Cody off in storyline. You could have mm-hmm. just hurt him or something, you know, for a couple of weeks. But uh, that's how they chose to do it. And right now, the TNT title has been switched hands more than the AEW world title has. So, uh-huh. um or has it only been changed two. an equal amount of times? Because we, oh no, we've only had two AEW champions. This mm-hmm. uh, John Mox, or uh, excuse me, um, Cody is now our first multi-time champion yes, for AEW. Is. Look at you! Yeah, look at you! Our our very own stat, our very own stat analysis guy 
Jay Johnson. Hey, what can I say? I uh, I do all our stats in house. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, uh, yeah, I think that'll make because uh, he gave a great babyface promo, and I think it'll hurt even more when he turns heel and joins FTR and uh, Sean Spears, and they make the Four Horsemen. You heard it here. First. Oh wow! Yeah, you think Cody? Cody's going to be the, the fourth. I yeah. can totally see it. Could you imagine that? That'd be a hell of a stable. It'd be great. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's got my do you think that's do you think that's where they got the name stable from from the four horsemen? I just put that together right now. Huh. You know what? It might could. I have no idea. We'll have to check. We'll have to check on that one. But uh more guys are announced for the eight man tournament for the um the AEW world title shot. Uh this tournament's going to go on at full gear. Wardlow and Colt Cabana. Um, and, and Adam Page are joining Kenny Omega, Phoenix, and Jungle Boy in the tournament. Obviously, there's going to be two more. Um, it's going to be – having Wardlow in there is very interesting because I don't think that's a guy you need to have lose anytime soon. So I know that we had kind of predicted that it would push the Kenny Omega, Adam Page storyline a little bit, but mm-hmm. I can see Wardlow going deep as well. You know? Wardlow, I think, goes – because it's an eight-man tournament. I think Wardlow uh, wins the quarterfinal match, loses a semifinal match. Okay. Okay, I get that. Which yeah. And they're, like Wardlow's booking has been bad. Like Wardlow has not been booked like the monster that he looks like. No, he hasn't. You're absolutely right. Based, so off, now- of, based off of the way that they've booked Wardlow, I could beat him. Uh, hit him with the with the silky shine or whatever. Oh, the silky shine—that's what it's called. It's literally just a super kick. Uh, nice. I mean that yeah. that would follow right in line with a lot of AEW. So yeah, no, I'm um, just kidding. It's actually just a karate chop right across the nose. I feel it. Sense of uh, next, we have Kenny Omega being interviewed by Alex Marvez. Kenny said he's he's been in a lot of tournaments. He's won a lot of tournaments, and he said that he is going to win this one as well. And he kept what, what what was interesting about this promo was that he just kept calling Adam Page a tag team wrestler. He just kept really alluding to that. Obviously they're building to um Omega and Page, which has been the writing on the wall, you know, for, for a while now. So um six to nine months. Yep, yep, absolutely. So uh next we get Big Swole versus uh, Jay Johnson's favorite woman wrestler, Serena hey, Deeb. Serena Deeb can um, freaking wrestle, man. Yes, she can. I, um, I, I said I had this to say about the match. Uh, this could be better described as when the jobber is better than the actual wrestler. Come on. Okay, okay. Serena Strong Deeb word. literally carried Big Swole through this match. Tell me I'm wrong. Wow. I mean, look, I, I'd love to. I love disagreeing with you. I don't think I love anything more than disagreeing with you on this show, Silky. But I can't do it, man, because you make a great point. You know, they come out here, and obviously Big Swole is going over in this match, right? I don't yeah. think the, I don't think the ending of this match was ever I in doubt. I don't think Deeb technically has an AEW contract, so of course she's not going to go over. No. But she, she's a fabulous – she's actually a great wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, I mean, like, th- there was some stuff going on here. I mean, Serena hits a neck breaker, and uh, th- right after that, I hate when they hit a move and then they go right into commercial. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, they go back and forth a little bit until eventually uh, oh, Big Swole just hits a headbutt to her chest, and then that's it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's it. Uh, JR calls it an outstanding match. Yikes. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oof. Oof. That is not. Oh, uh, my. Uh, The women's division, and we've been saying this consistently, needs improvement. Yeah. You're right. The AEW women's division is the thing that is lacking so hard. And look, Ember Moon made her return to NXT uh, last Sunday at the the, uh, TakeOver event. And now NXT's women's division is smoking AEW's. Yeah. AEW beats them in every other category except for the women's division. So hopefully they can kind of get it right. Um, mm-hmm. Next, John Moxley sitting in a bar doing a promo. He talks about his match next week with the murder hawk, Lance Archer. Uh, he says, you don't beat Archer. You try just to survive. Um, and he just 
kind of goes on here, and then he says, and then to 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 end it, Moxie says, Lance says that everyone dies, and then he just drinks a shot, and then that's it. So this promo was a little weird. Obviously, I'm happy it's not in the boiler room. You know, I'm happy it's somewhere <laughs> other than the bowels. When is John Moxley getting his boiler room brawl? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So um, they're probably trying to keep Archer and Moxley apart right now, I assume. Because of Archer's COVID diagnosis, but uh, but I don't know, you know. Um, even for Jake Roberts, who's certainly at a much higher risk than John Moxley. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I can be completely off base there. Um, but this didn't have your standard like kind of blow up moment before the title match because obviously Lance Archer is still recovering from COVID. We wish him a speedy recovery here. Yes. But. Uh, it's just going to be – it's just another twist and turn in this whole – this godforsaken year that we're in right now. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, next week we're going to get an AEW title match that has very little buildup to it um, other than just promos, you know, because these two haven't really collided yet. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting either way. Next week they do talk about the one-year anniversary special. It is John Moxley obviously taking on Lance Archer for the AEW world title. The FT, FTR is, is defending the tag team titles against best friends. Cody is defending the TNT title against Orange Cassidy, which there was actually a promo that we, we glossed over. I, I apologize for that, where they actually built this match up, Cody and Orange Cassidy, for next week for the TNT title. That's going to be an interesting match. Uh, and then Miro and Kip Sabian are in tag team action. So, Jay, when I tell you all about that, is that a strong show? For your one-year anniversary show? No. Mm. Uh, the tag team match is great. Um, not loving Orange Cassidy getting the TNT title shot, especially after he lost to Brody Lee recently. Yeah, you're uh, going to give him a shot two out of three weeks. That doesn't seem. And I don't, I don't know weird. if I don't know if Cassidy is going to take it off of him. I don't think he deserves. There's no way. There's no friggin' way. Listen, man. AEW is that promotion to put the T. I think I think Orange Cassidy has a TNT title run in him. I'm not saying I want it to be next week. I'm saying he has a TNT title run in him somewhere. <laughs> um, but how do you put it, a belt on a guy who's like? How, how do you put a belt on Orange Cassidy? I don't know. Anyway, we don't have yeah. to worry about that this week. We can worry about that next week. Absolutely, um, because anyway. now. We are going to a main event with two guys that have no business being in a main event. No. Match. It is Luther and three Luther guys who have no business being in a main event. Yeah, with Jake Hager, because you are the biggest Jake Hager fan in the world, right? <sighs> Jake Hager, okay. another guy they have not protected as far as booking goes. He's He doesn't look like a monster to me. Yeah, you're right. Um, He's not been built that way. It is Luther and Serpentico. Um, taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. But before that, there are more video messages. One from Lance Storm, the most charismatic wrestler of all time. Uh, Kevin Smith, the director of Jane Silent Bob and things like that. Uh, Eli Roth, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Um, I, I just think that, uh, and then Ultimo Dragon. I was very that was that was cool for me because I I've been writing a lot for a website and we're just I just told you this off air Jay I I've been watching like WCW in like 1996 and Ultimo Dragon was like all over the place and that dude was sick back in the day um, so it's cool seeing him here and then Paul Stanley the guitar player from Kiss so two out of the four original Kiss members here on AEW Dynamite making that uh, do you remember the demon from WCW he had the Kiss paint on you remember that. I do not. I was not a big oh, WCW guy. That's because you are just the worst person on earth that I know. It's true. Um, but yes, so this is Chris Jericho and Jake Hager with Santana Ortiz and Sammy Guevara, collectively known as Jay. The Inner Circle. You got it. Against the Chaos Project, which is Luther and Serpentico. Uh, overall, the only thing this match should main event is AEW Dark. Yeah, I agree completely. This and match should have been in the middle. Was on it. This sucked. I think you have to have the dog collar match here, but I understand why you have Chris, Jericho. Yeah, if it's not Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary. Also, Jake Hager does not get tagged in in this match at all, which was fine. 
Uh, but like, yeah, the only reason you ha- and Chris, uh, Chris, there's no way that Chris didn't get to choose his opponent. And so yeah, he, exactly. He and Luther go way back to the '90s with New Japan, and so uh, I get Chris wanting to work with him. I respect that. Um, but also, this match could have been. This match should have been in a different world, way down in the card. And that's saying something because I think Chris Jericho is the biggest star that AEW has and deserves the main event. Uh, but the rest of the people in this match just not uh, not doing it. Yeah, they're not. They're not definitely the not in the same playing field. Yeah, you know. Um, and you've this got Luther Jake guy Hager on the turnbuckle doing the least. Luther looked out of shape, old, and winded after about five minutes in this match. You think you, could, you think you could run farther distance than Luther? It's a real question. I mean, feet to the fire? I mean, probably not. He's a professional athlete. I am not. Mm. I mean, results may vary, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. I I'm pulling for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this goes kind of, again, Serpentico and Luther get a little bit more offense in here than they had any business doing. Match only goes about nine minutes, but Jericho does win. Uh, Jericho and Hager win after uh, Jericho hits the Judas effect on Luther. So, I mean, look, there's not a lot to go over in this match. It was the typical Chris Jericho AEW match. You know, he hit all the, he hit all the spots, you know, made Serpentico and Luther look way better than they had any business looking. And uh, I I just think that this was doomed from the start because of who was in it. This is not a main event match, you know? No. So, um, but yeah, after that, MJF actually comes down to the ring as Jericho's kind of celebrating in the ring. Um, He has like somebody under a sheet, and Wardlow takes the cover off a little bit too much, and you can see the shoes. So you knew it was a clown. Yeah. Like, you knew it was a clown. But uh, there is a clown. Jericho ends up giving the clown the Judas effect. <laughs> I, he he smashes the portrait over his head, too. Yes, he does. Uh, MJF does give Jericho a portrait. Very reminiscent of uh, The Rock giving Farouk the portrait of him back uh, in 1997. Yes. Very, very uh, reminiscent of that. Um, but Jericho takes the takes the picture and smashes it over the clown's head. Um, they, MJF is a little miffed, but then they both laugh about it, and then they celebrate in the ring. You know, by the end of this show, Jay, call me crazy, by the end of this show, was Chris Jericho a babyface, or was that just me? Uh, I don't know. I think he's. I think he may be slowly turning. He, he was pandering to the crowd. Thanks for yeah. everything, you know what I mean? Like, it was a... Babyface promo. And then you see, like that, the end credits are uh, at Chris all Jericho, Chris executive producer. All, all Chris Jericho. All the, it felt very much like the end of Saturday Night Live, and also an episode of Cheers. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, funny story. I started watching Cheers. Actually, kind of a great show. Cheers is a fabulous sitcom. And anyone yeah. who disagrees with me, at Collective Heel on Twitter, and I'll give you the third degree via Lance. My boy Ted Danson, you know, former baseball player turned bar owner so um yeah but that was aew dynamite this week jay how would you uh how would you rank the show overall there were bright spots there were dark spots uh but i think in this case the uh the good outweighs the bad in this episode yeah this i mean i installment of aew dynamite i was ultimately not angry yeah i'll give it a i'll give it a nice thumbs in the middle halfway cocked up you know yeah yeah Um, like an average with a push yeah yeah like a three-quarter thumb we'll call it um but uh yeah i I think they built the next week nicely they need to get the full gear uh, like kind of build going but they built the next week nicely which will be their one-year anniversary show even though it's like two weeks after the debut episode i don't know why they did that but i don't know why they didn't make this one the one-year anniversary show but the hell do I know, Jay? I'm just some guy. But yeah. uh, I, anyway, I mean, next week there is a big show, and me and Jay will be covering it, obviously, as we do every single week here. We'll actually be on location. I have to go on a work trip next week, so we will be recording live from a hotel room. Um, I have a little sound booth that I'm taking with me, and it's going to be fun. Uh, are you excited for next week to, to hear me at the Motel 6 or whatever? You know what? I'm excited to uh, to take this project on the road, as it were, 
Um, Absolutely. But hey, it's, it, it speaks to the dedication that we have to uh, to you all and to our craft and to all elite wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, Lance um, and I are all elite. Yes, we are. Um, we're very excited about um, everybody tuning in. You know, we've been doing a lot of cool things here on the show, and the feedback has been really great. So keep that up. Uh, let yeah. us know what you let us know what you like, what you don't like about the show. Make sure you're checking out the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. Uh, let us know uh, what your favorite show is, what your favorite moment is. Uh, let them know why I am your favorite host of all time. Um, and check out our other shows. We got Sunday, we got Tuesday, we got Friday. Every single week, we are here bringing you the best in all elite wrestling. Here on Fridays with one of the undercard. At Collective Heel on Twitter, that is me. Jay doesn't have a Twitter because he's a pilgrim. You uh, said that last week. Come up with something more clever. I can't. I've been saying pilgrim for the last four weeks, so that's what you're stuck with. Sad. Yeah, well, it is sad. But uh, after all that, Jay... Oh, by the way, I forgot to do this shilling as usual. Uh, make sure you're checking out the whole Fast Coffee Company. We didn't even name the Barista of the Week yet, did we? Oh, well, this week's Barista of the Week, uh, believe it or not, uh, it's me... It oh, was wow. me, Lance. It was me all along. Wow. Okay. Big heel turn here on one with the undercard. Silky is no, the undercard. This week's uh, this week's uh, barista of the week goes out to uh, my boy and yours, Griff Garrison. Uh-huh. My man, Griff. Griff Garrison. I mean, big look. My man. He's a future AEW World Champion. Mark my words. And the barista of the week. Absolutely. So, uh, with all that out of the way, why don't you why don't you send us out? Jay? You know, I'd like to give us some final thoughts. First of all, before this episode ends, right now, go to your mobile phone, go to your browser, wherever you are, type in holdfastcoffeeco.com, enter the promo code HEELTURN20 and get 20% off your entire basket. Uh, great responsibly sourced coffee. Great people. Uh just a, a really great organization. So please, please, please order your coffee from them. Um, and not just because, you know, not just because I say so, but because they're genuinely a great company. Um, and to send us out, I'll say this. I have some closing thoughts. Uh, and they are as follows. Wear your mask. Damn it. We're too far into this for you to not do that. Shouldn't be a political statement at this point. Two, go vote. Your voice doesn't matter, but make it hurt anyway. Uh, and three, uh, wrestling will always be better than politics. Lance, you got anything to send us out on? Um, I think wrestling and politics go more hand in hand than people give her credit for. So, Fair enough. Uh, I am Lance. He is Silky J. Johnson. And next week, it's one with the undercard on the road. But we will be here to cover the one-year anniversary show of AEW Dynamite. And until then, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Peace out.